Tonight we're going on vacation. To some magical locations. So tune in to this station. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight we're talking about magical locations. That's right. We've been doing several episodes lately on storytelling. Mm-hmm. And tonight we're going to show you eight different magical locations that you can interject into any game, I dare say, that's fantasy related. Basically, we gave you an entire episode on magical vehicles. Now we're going to give you places to go with them. Yeah, you got that magical school bus. Now jump in the magical school bus and go to this awesome cage that contains a god or sure. a floating pyramid, by the way, both of which we have for this evening for you to listen to and absorb into your campaign. How delightful. Sounds great. Yeah, it is great. So if you haven't yet, hit that like and subscribe button. Help us get our show out to more people and get notified when more amazing episodes come your way. And hey, if you're listening to the show, give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, or any place else you listen to your podcast. All the places. We're on all the places, Matt. So many places. More places every day. So we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but why magical locations, Matt? Your game is magical. So probably there ought to be places in it that are magical also. That would make perfect sense, wouldn't it? (laughs) I thought so. Magical locations provide a variety of options for DMs, for story advancement, lore drops, side quests, what have you, right? Places to kill you. Oh, yeah. People die trying to get to the top of Mount Everest every year. Same concept, just magical. And so we've provided eight magical locations for your characters to die in. Or... (laughs) On the way to. On the way to, or (laughs) locating whatever MacGuffin you happen to put into your game, right? Sure. And finally, they also make the world very interesting because you're trying to develop an interesting story. Yeah. So why not make your locations really interesting? Or at least terrifying. I like like that too. I'm down with terrifying as well. Now, we should note uh, a definition when we say magical locations, Matt. Normally, this is where we, because, you know, we have a little bit of a formula. This is where we break down and explain the premise of the show. This one's pretty self-explanatory. It is a place that is in and of itself magical. And that's it. Yeah, it's a magical location. That's so, it. Yeah. yeah, nothing else to say, right? So this evening, we have provided eight magical locations for you. Mm-hmm. We are going to give you a description, how to get there, or maybe the process of getting there, potential encounters that you might have, and some rewards or what have you being there mutations or what you know sure yeah anything could happen right so let's dive in let's do some magical locations matt the first one you actually have and it's called the dragon's graveyard is it a dragon's graveyard it is in fact okay so not just a name it's actually a dragon's graveyard literally awesome give me the description on this dragon's graveyard okay in some worlds dragons are immortal but in some they merely live a really really long time In the latter case, an ancient worm who has reached the end of his days is called to a place that is sacred to the dragon god of death. And there have been a couple of them that null, Cranipsis, make your own, right? Yeah. Now, tradition dictates that they bring one item from their hoard as an offering to that god. There is one such graveyard on each continent in the world. That sounds really cool. So we've got a dragon graveyard that has potential treasure for people to loot. Absolutely. Definitely potential dragons for people to kill. 
Maybe some undead. Could be. Could be anything, right? Yep. How does one get to the Dragon Graveyard? The legends of the Dragon's Graveyard call to the adventurous and greedy alike. Mmm, greedy. <laughs> I mean, it's... Every adventurer. Yeah, it's, it's filled with loot. <laughs> the trip to the Dragon's Graveyard should be difficult physically, mentally, and even spiritually for some for some, not so much, right? Uh, the rogue may not have a lot of spirituality going on. Your story may differ. Sure. Firstly, the group will need to narrow down the location. Secondly, it should be in a wild and remote location. And lastly, it should be guarded by draconic beasts. This brings up a lot of interesting storylines that you can toss in on the way to the dragon's graveyard. Sure. So a good example of that is I'm narrowing down the location, right? Mm -hmm. That could involve going to a city, finding a map maker, or maybe delving into some lore from a cult of the dragon. Sure. Anything, really. Whatever your story needs for that. Or it could literally just be going out into the woods and finding it. Or there's a tiny hamlet that always has dragon sightings, but never anything that comes of them. Maybe that's on the way. And so they're like, yeah, they're always flying that direction. Well, now you've narrowed it down to a direction. They occasionally stop on the mountain there and rest, and then they head their way. Yep. They're always old, giant dragons. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we mentioned a few things. What are some encounters that you might expect in a draconic graveyard? Dragons, perhaps? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if the players persevere, they will find an enormous hundred-foot-tall wall with a singular gigantic building at the front. In front of that building is a void black dragon whose scales are marked with the brilliant colors of nebulas and speckled stars. So this is a godlike dragon? It, this is a something dragon. Depending upon your campaign, could be something epic, could be just a really interesting looking dragon. Yeah, could be a celestial dragon or it could be just whatever you need to cook up for this to be an important moment i like the hundred foot tall wall as well is it scaled made from the bones of dragons perhaps i mean it certainly could be i didn't i honestly considered it like mirror nigh unclimbable okay short so this, of using magic this is just a wall it's not yeah. like there's no ends or anything in this wall there's not a best western there or anything like that no okay there's one building that acts as the gates and all the way around it's just a wall because the dragons who are coming here can fly True. It is a non-issue for them. Everybody else that can't fly, you're screwed. Yep. Makes sense. What kind of rewards would you get or some kind of uh, potential outcome from the Draconic Graveyard? So this is what I've got. Obviously, this is just an idea seed for people. They will be given the choice to accept a boon or an item and tribute to their pilgrimage, right? Because they made it. Sure. Maybe even they'll get the offer to gain a Pact of the Ancient Worm which we did as a warlock patron and the warlock patron show. Or if they are here to desecrate this place and claim the horde of the dragon god of death, they get to fight for it. And if you're balling, epic level character, and you're ready to like beat some shit out of some dragons, then go for it, right? Absolutely. I will say in my mind, this dragon's breath weapon is a small black hole. I will go ahead and let you know that. I love that. <laughs> go to another universe when you die. Just mess you up right there. Cool. So that's the dragon's graveyard. Yep. Why don't you 
tell me about the floating pyramid of the forgotten god. So we are going epic level here again, a okay. godlike type of thing, but not necessarily. This one is a floating pyramid in the desert. Okay. And the description is as follows. Deep within the desert lies a massive, slowly rotating pyramid, the color long bleached from millennia under the harsh sun. It's a desert. Sure. Dedicated to a forgotten deity, this long-neglected monument slowly floats over the blasted wastelands and dune seas, sometimes hovering mere inches over the burning sands, and other times hundreds of feet into the air. Okay. Cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, great mental picture. Dark shapes circle the apex of the pyramid, sinister and spectral. No one knows who created the pyramid or what powers it, but all who have gazed upon the chamber are convinced untold riches lie waiting for those with the fortitude to brave its chambers. Okay, couple things here. Thing one, this reminds me of the old Spelljammer Lich pyramids. Yes. Thing two, no one knows who created it, but all who gaze upon it are convinced untold riches lie within it. It's a floating pyramid. Of course, there's got to be something in it. No, no. If I see a floating pyramid <laughs> with spectral stuff floating across the top, eldritch horrors lurk within, not treasure. The potential for vast wealth lurks within eldritch horror. See, I, I'm convinced that this thing has an aura of greed that just is spread out from it. Oh, I'm 100% down for that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, kind of tropey, right? You've got this whole like magical pyramid Flo uh, flying city type motif. I don't know that I'd call that tropey, but sure. Trophy enough. It's spell it definitely it's spell jammer trope. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. But it's a lot of fun. I think this would be really interesting. And again, this could be a low level type magical location. This could be a high level type magical location. Sure, just depends on what you want to put in it. Absolutely. Tell us about uh how do you I mean it moves around. How do you get there? As the pyramid travels across the desert, tracking its path can be tricky. Depending upon your story, players can encounter it in their travels or directly seek it through various means, like storytelling, role-playing, blah, 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 right? Sure. In either case, getting to the pyramid should be a test of endurance and ingenuity, as the pyramid shows no open areas to enter and can be at various elevations. That's a little problematic. You roll up in the desert one day, and it's really high in yeah, the sky. It's a thousand feet in the air. Yeah, you, got no, you don't have enough rope to Charlie Bronson your way up there. Could be maybe mere inches from the desert sands, which would be fun. That could be fun. But at that point, it could also be going 100 miles an hour. I kind of see mere it inches from the moving sand. around like the, uh, what is it, the big tower from Kroll? Mm. But that one disappeared and reappeared. But it's, I just kind of see it like booking along at various speeds, kind of slowly rotating. And there's these spectral shapes up in the distance near the apex. I like it. A lot of fun. What kind of encounters are we going to come across for this thing? Examining the pyramid provides a wealth of unknown hieroglyphics. Could be a new language, could be spells, right? Sure. Is it a combination to get within the darkened halls? Are they ancient spells carved upon the rock walls? It's gotta fly somehow. Gotta fly somehow, right? Possible, or probable in my game, creatures lurk in or around the area ready to consume the characters, and the dark shapes circling the top could be priests of the fallen god, eldritch energy powering the pyramid, or specters ready to add to the number of the damned, depending upon your story. Option D, all of the above. All of the above is always fun. <laughs> Regardless of whatever the characters encounter, the subject deity could be of any type or portfolio. So it could be a god of the dead, could be a god of life. Sure. Could be a god of good. Yeah. Maybe the specters are there to test the metal of worthy adventurers. Could be that he was murdered and the specters are there to keep people out oh, from 
bringing him back like Osiris. I like the idea of the hieroglyphics being some sort of combination lock, but as people are often aware, sometimes puzzles in D&D games are, can go sideways. Can yeah. go sideways. So take that with a grain of salt for your players. And I don't know why, but because of the way you said creatures lurk, my brain was like chameleon golems. Yeah, I'm down with that. Like hieroglyph golems, like they just fold out of the wall. They hide underneath the pyramid as it floats. Yeah. That'd be kind of fun, too. What kind of rewards are you thinking about for this thing? New or ancient spells, hidden or forbidden knowledge, relics, even world-shattering events can be learned at the floating pyramid of the forgotten god. Ancient spells make sense, and if nobody has any copies of them, then they're new and ancient. Sure. That makes sense. Relics, sure. World shattering, or well, yeah, I guess if you're there, could be something locked in here. So, yeah, something it, that mortals were not meant to see, or maybe the fate of the world, right? Sure, maybe it's the answer to saving the world. That's also fun, too. Again, it's speed of plot, right? Yep, one could even unleash a long forgotten deity upon the world or its servants. Whatever is gained should be new and epic. I said to myself, self, I said, this is how your game becomes a zombie apocalypse game. That would be hilarious. <laughs> and awful and i love all of that again new and epic sure they awaken something that should not have been released it's the zombie virus this is how you get zombies in favorite yep you're welcome and it's transmittable zombies yes fast zombies bad fast zombies so there you have it right floating pyramid of the forgotten god sounds delightful now next up we have the abandoned arcane academy matt tell me a bit about this what's the description of this this place is an abandoned and partially ruined campus from a former arcane college. It's covered in oddly twisted vegetation and mosses, unusual critters with too many or too few appendages or eyes scurry about. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> when the players find it, there are minor magical trinkets littering different buildings. There is also an intelligence here that still controls minor magics that is the reason why this place isn't in complete ruins. I see this as a magical disaster area. Yeah. Like it's still upright, but there's strange mutated creatures. Like you mentioned, there might be some living spells flying about maybe the spirits of past professors. Sure. A lot of fun ideas in this. Yeah. I also like the idea that like, if you cast, because like, if you consider it a magical disaster site, right? If you cast Detect Magic, instead of seeing, like, the static auras of things, there's just like, oh, look, there went a wisp of necromancy. Oh, there's some transmutation, transmutation just kind of roaming around. Yeah. You know, it'd be fun with this also is be like a Haunted Mansion style if you're going more comedy. Sure. That'd be hilarious as well. Or even you go a little, like, wizarding school type stuff. This would be great for Strixhaven. Yeah. This could maybe be like a Forgotten Wing Maybe an epic spell went off or a spell battle between a bunch of professors. Could be. And this could be it. How do you get there? This could either be a plot hook, a marked location on an old map, or the players may happen across the ruins when they're just out exploring somewhere. If it's played as a plot hook, maybe some sage wants to know what happened to this once respected bastion of learning or the great grandchild of one of the professors or the headmistress or whatever wants to know what happened to their great great grandmother or just the place in general. This would also be, and this is completely left field here, but this is how we do our, our show. It could literally be I grew up 
in the ruins. Like you're already there. Sure. Or maybe you grew like on the outskirts of the ruins and you found it as you grew up. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Like maybe you're the offspring of the people from the college. Somebody who survived whatever happened. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool too. Let's talk a little bit about some encounters in the abandoned Arcane Academy. From my perspective, the premise here is that the school fell due to a breach to the far realm. And the PCs must clean out hordes of aberrations and figure out how to close the breach. Eldritch horror. <laughs> exactly. Hence the animals with too many or too few legs and eyes and such. Yeah, mind flares, all kinds of intellect devourers. Yeah, you just scale it to wherever your party is at. Whatever, yeah, whatever's clever. All encounters on the school grounds are either twisted animals, aberrations, and perhaps some tainted and just like unreachably insane former students and teachers ain't no perhaps in our game that's definitely you're definitely gonna see oh yeah well 100 percent. the professors on the chalkboard just kind of writing out some obscure mathematic equation his head twists around it's filled with tentacled horrors and eyes oh i was thinking it was literally just going to be like one of those inverted uh leech mouths that's just filled with teeth oh yeah you could see the void of darkness within yeah that's always fun too and terrible <laughs> Put a little fear into your characters, right? Yeah. What are some rewards for going to this magical location? Well, after cleaning the place out, they'll have the opportunity to either reclaim and rebuild the school for themselves, or maybe they could gather some arcanists to rebuild and bring the school back to its former glory that will then grant them like magical resources, access to labs and spells and a place to do research, that sort of thing. This would be a great base for adventurers. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Clean yeah, out, yeah, yeah. If you clean out the corruption and, ah, you know what, you could even leave the portal to the far realm active if you want. Just brick it over. Yes. Or, or you know, it makes for good guard animals. Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> I was thinking garbage disposal. Just chuck stuff into the far realm and be like, you know what, don't need to worry about this anymore. That's done. Not any point in time is it ever going to come back horribly mutated. No. No. It's just a far realm. <laughs> also, like if you're running a fast paced or like a, a short run campaign then maybe the spirit of the school could simply grant you a boon or treasures because i mean this was a magic school surely there's some kind of treasure hidden around here somewhere yeah the academy arsenal <laughs> exactly yeah that sounds great so that's the abandoned arcane academy yes and next you have a musically inclined location the, the space between <laughs> yeah it is a dave matthews song but it's it also is. a delightful magical location Tell us what you got here. You walk alone along a winding path composed of cobblestones, bricks, and cement from a million worlds. Buildings, temples, and other constructions of civilization spring forth in front of you, as if built on the spot, a mashup of every city, every nation. A fine, opaque mist ends your vision at around 100 feet, yet you never feel lost. Soon you'll reach your destination. The part of... Doctor Strange, where the city is like bending and stretching and moving. And I feel like this could obviously not in that exact same way, but in an older way. Like the fractal city just starts slowly builds. Yeah, I see the middle picture as you're walking. Literally, cobblestones are just like building itself because it's part of every world. Sure. When a city gets to be a certain size, it naturally will build around or on top previous areas as new buildings are created. Yeah. Rome is built on top of Rome, right? Right. 
Over time, this area gets forgotten by the residents and fades into obscurity. The space between is that space, composed of forgotten parts of cities where no one lives or remembers. So it's parts of reality that have been forgotten. Like old neighborhoods or alleyways, things Someone like bricked that. over an alleyway or maybe bricked over a room, and it just disappeared in time and space. People nice. forgot about it. No one lived there anymore. Nothing living remembers it. And as soon as they forgot about it, it's gone. Like a Da Vinci's Workshop. Yes, very much so. How do you get to the space between? Aside from the song, most of the time people stumble upon the space between by accident. However, with the proper area key, we'll talk about that in rewards, you can enter it at will. Additionally, sages have speculated that being under the influence of a non-detection spell or similar obfuscating spells can potentially allow one to access the space between easily. Those that are able to enter find that the area magically appears as they turn a corner. So the idea is, is if you can make yourself be forgotten by everybody. Right. The more forgettable you are, the easier it is to access. So if you go gray man, sure. then you can just kind of disappear in between the realms and interrupt in the space between. So it's kind of like a transitive plane. That's pretty cool. Are there any kind of encounters you find here? Or is it just like an inanimate transitive plane? I would predominantly say it's a transitive plane, but you could do theoretically anything. So... In their travels, large forgotten portions of cities lie in wait for the traveler to discover. While much of this area is composed of alleys, sewers, other forgotten architecture, many walled-over rooms and covered buildings could contain vast treasure or unspeakable terrors. So hear me out. (laughs) There's 100% somewhere on this plane a giant cranium rat swarm. That has been forgotten? No. As these locations are forgotten and taken here, there's bits of sewer. There's holes in walls. Oh, yeah. And each one of these cranium rats made its way here one at a time, but they've begun to congregate. And so there's now... It's the lord of this domain. Yeah. I was also thinking some kind of walled up undead. Oh, yeah. That have been, that's been forgotten from the web, maybe built into the foundation of a house a long time ago. A revenant from the cask of Amontillado. Sure. You just stumble upon it. Remember, you're wandering through rooms and rooms of just different architecture and houses. You stumble upon a cathedral that's been long lost. Sure. And there's a vampire within or something, right? Lich? Yeah. An undead Tyrannosaurus Rex? Who, who knows? It could be anything. You could literally just walk into a dragon sword. This is perfect for a one-shot where you just accidentally show up to this place and just roll on a random table. This is stuff that reality forgot. Make it city-themed and random monsters. What are the rewards that you would find? I mean, obviously, forgotten hordes. Anything else we got? Being composed of material from many worlds, the space between allows visitors to exit in an alleyway if they're choosing, provided it's in a city of moderate size or larger. So you can exit in any city that sure. you know of. However, traveling the path takes mental acuity. If the visitor is not fully focused, they may be accidentally deposited at a random city on a random world. Yes. That is a lot of fun, particularly if you're playing a Planescape campaign. Sure. If the players are able to determine the city from which a section of the space between is composed of, that part of the space between disappears from this location, and the party is immediately deposited in that location. So they're wandering through, they go, hey, that's the Colosseum from blah, blah, blah. The reality goes, it is in fact that. It disappears, you disappear, and you're there, which is an instant go back to home, right? Sure. Provided that that is home. 
Have a bard with legend lore. Sure. Additionally, if you do that, a key is provided and the players can use it to enter the space between at that exact location in the future at any point in time. Nice. So you just go back to the physical place, pop the key, and you're now back in the space between. If the location is ever forgotten, it will once again return to the space between. Make sure you tell several people about it. So that you don't accidentally get lost in the space between. So here's what I'm thinking. You've got your key. Yep. You've got access to this place. And you get killed. Okay, that's no problem. We live in a world where getting killed is just an inconvenience. But for a second, no one remembers the place. Oh, and you come you're back forgotten too. And your key is useless. Because for just a moment, it got sucked back in because no one remembered it again. That's a good point. Yeah. Lots of fun. So that's the space between. Speaking of other fun things, we have what, Matt? <laughs> We've got the question of the week. Okay. What magical location question of the week do we have this week? We're talking about magical locations. We're also talking about vacations. In any series or genre, what magical location would you want to go on vacation to? I mean, aside from Ankh-Morpork? And Discworld? <laughs> that would be great. That is, it definitely made the short list. Yeah. But you have to understand, that's a deadly place to go to as well. I would end up a hero or a villain within moments of landing. It's very true. I would probably say Waterdeep because I could go sit on the beach and learn some magic. There's a beach there. There, there has is. to be a beach. Yeah. And while the water's probably cold, <laughs> that's fine. I can deal with that. And there's a ha and I can hang out with the Sahagan. Yeah. They've got surfboards and such. You know that you know they're working on Sahagan their beach bods. surfers. Oh, absolutely. They're just chilling. They've got their beach bods. They're just squirting lotion all over their scales. Got to be more shiny. Talking about the nerd wizards that live in Waterdeep. Sure. I'm going to be one of them. Be a nerd wizard and maybe learn to surf. Yeah, there's lots of potential there. I actually am a little more split than you, which is an unusual turn of events for us because usually you've got two or three answers. You've got a couple this time, huh? I do. I either am going to go to one of the Houses of Joy for uh, the Temples to Lyra mm -hmm. and learn Cleric and Bard magic straight up, or I'm going to find a Druid Circle and learn get druid magic yeah get into like a little drum circle and start learning to shapeshift to a bear to bite people's faces off absolutely i'm down with the face biting i might druid it up as well but i've got to learn some arcane stuff first some, some little wizard druid action yeah then i can become an arcane hierophant or you could just go wizard long enough that you get shapeshift it's true and then you could just face bite all day exactly a lot of fun with that of course we're always interested in what your answer to the question of the week is and if you can Hit us up at Goblin's Corner on the various social medias that Matt generally posts to. I like how both of us answered that question fully cognizant of the fact we're not coming back. Yes. You'd, we're never coming back if we go to that magical location. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll write a farewell letter and we'll see you later. Love you guys. We'll see if we can figure out how to get you here. That's right. So we're talking magical locations and we've got four more interesting magical locations. And this time you've got a sacred pond. Yes, indeed. So tell us about the sacred pond of Moya the Tranquil. Very interesting. Legends tell of a sacred pond found in an ancient grove deep in the forest primeval. These legends say that those who find the pond and are found worthy on their journey may bathe in its water 
and be healed and cured of any ailment. Oh, cool. So we've got the fountain of youth, basically. Yep. Awesome. How does one get to the sacred pond? The directions to its whereabouts are not difficult to find, but very few are worthy enough to lay eyes on it. The quest to find the sacred pond begins the moment the party chooses to make this journey. So this is speed of plot type dynamics we're dealing with here. Yep. But also the tests, uh, which we'll get into, begin at that moment. So when you say, I'm going to the sacred pond of Moya the Tranquil, then the tests begin. Yes. Okay. And those, what type of tests are we talking about? Are we talking about encounters here? Yes, but in a non-standard way. All right, let's talk about encounters. Seems a good segue. On their journey, the players will come across several opportunities to help those in need, mediate disputes, and choose to aid the cause of tranquility in the world. Any breach of tranquility, other than in self-defense, this includes instigating the need for self-defense. Okay. Will mean that the players must return to the place they began their journey and begin again. You realize that for most players, this means they will never reach the sacred pond. I do. <laughs> I also, depending on what type of game you're playing, what have you, right? I would not tell them that that's how the quest begins. I would only present them with the encounters on their trip. And as soon as they screw up and become the bastards that they generally are, yep. they turn a corner and they're right back where they started. Yes. Yeah. Harsh lessons. Talk to me about some rewards visiting the sacred pond of Moya the Tranquil. The spirit of Moya the Tranquil will allow successful groups to soak in the healing pond, and if they have a pressing need, will allow the party to take a vial with them. Oh, so you could take a little bit, maybe... Go heal the person whose quest you went to save anyway. Exactly. Nice. Good MacGuffin. If the party should foolishly sell this gift, they will be cursed for one week as the spell and never be able to find the pond again. Yeah, it can't be greedy. Nope. If you're on a quest to save the king's daughter, right? Cool. You save the king's daughter. But if you're like, oh, we have the vial. It's going to be a hundred grand to save your daughter, King. We've just, yeah, we've just Bad raised our price. Ah, now you're cursed. Cursed, yep. I say. That's how it goes. Yeah. This is about tranquility. This isn't about profit. Yeah, Moya don't play that. Why don't, uh, why don't you <laughs> tell me, speaking about tranquil places, <laughs> uh, why don't you tell me about the maze of cowards? This is actually one that Matt has written for his game. And so it exists. We've expanded the lore just a tad for the purposes of this. Uh, the description is as follows. In the ancient city of Yggdralan lies a foundation composed of clear crystal. Those who stand upon the foundation and gaze into the depths see below them an enormous maze filled with screaming, terror-filled denizens. Yep. Starts off with a bang, my friends. <laughs> At the center of the maze lies an enormous emerald dragon, moth-seething with vaporous nightmares. It's an emerald dragon. Yeah, that's they breathe what they nightmares. do. Yeah, that's what they do. The denizens of the maze are cursed with immortality and forever hunted by the nightmares spewed by the dragon, a domain of eternal torture. That's a good vacation spot. Oh, yeah. Definitely can roll up a, a little mat and get some sunscreen there. What is the city of Yggdralan? Why is this thing here? So the city of Yggdralan was an ancient fortified city 
In times past, the city of Yggdralin was the military seat of an empire, raised by jungle in defense against invading forces, where they pooled all their military resources. Sure. Those who forsook their oaths to the city were cast into the maze of cowards to live in eternal terror as the curse of their fear and as an ever-present example to the populace. So you run from battle. You're cast you're into a deserter. the maze. Of, yeah, okay. you're deserted. Cast in the maze of cowards. And then the people, basically, they walk on top of the maze every day because it's clear crystal, right? Right. They're going about their daily you know, duties. They're maybe, I don't know, going to the market to buy some shit. And... They look down and they say, there's Bill. It's getting eviscerated by a nightmare. Tearing his, it's just tearing his spleen out. It's going to heal overnight and he'll be back the way he started. Next, tomorrow he's getting his head ripped off. And it's, people see that. And yeah. they're like, well, I don't want to get cast into the maze of cowards, so I'm going to do what Drawlin tells me to do. Cursed with immortality. Most people hear immortality, and that's a reward kind of word. And I would say you're only cursed for as long as you're in the maze. So if for some reason you can get out of the maze, you're back to normal. Sure. Somebody has to be basically willing to rescue you because you're in a state of constant panic otherwise. You've got to deal with an emerald dragon. Yeah, if if you can fight the dragon. Who is also immortal. Yes. So how do you get to this maze of cowards? One must trek deep within the jungle to reach Yggdralin, a trek which could take weeks of travel, if not more. The city is but ruins now, as the great metropolis was flooded long ago, its surface buildings wiped from the map and the jungle reclaiming what is left. It's just ruins. Yeah. Sages, jungle guides, and a keen survival sense must be gathered in order to find the hidden realm. And I would definitely say, bring your sword and some magic as well. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's a sweet and innocent place. Sure. Speaking of sweet and innocent places, what kind of encounters can you expect to find? Those who enter the deep jungle must tread carefully for giant apes, carnivorous plants, and even dinosaurs lie in their path. Definitely dinosaurs. We're very big fans of dinosaurs. Yes. A myriad of toxic, venomous, and deadly dangers await players. Debilitating diseases, monsters, and ancient civilizations unfriendly to interlopers can be found here. Throw every trope against the wall about the jungle. Yep. Toss it in a blender. You've got Yggdralin. Yes. And the maze of cowards. Yep. Maybe throw in a trapdoor land shark while you're at it. That's what I did. I Definitely some <laughs> trapdoor land sharks. Yeah. All right. What kind of rewards can you get? Those who gaze upon the mewling, cowering masses in the maze of cowards find that their fears evaporate like jungle mist in the sun. Characters who visit this realm receive advantage against fear effects, possibly even a proficiency in survival. Other boons could also include stuff like nature-related feats or abilities, increased DCs to fear effects, and what have you. Yeah, I feel like when you see someone who has been cursed to a relative eternity of fear, like that's that's way up there. For someone to try and fear you after that, you're like, yeah, but have you seen this? I have seen some shit. I'm no longer worried about it because I'm not in that maze of cowards yeah, it just jades you just slightly right? just a bit so you you get advantage to fear effects right yeah. you've been trekking through the battling carnivorous apes and dinosaurs so you're definitely going to get some survival instincts along the way or you're dead yeah it all makes sense to me yeah lots of fun there so that's the maze of cowards from the city of Yggdralin. next up you've got a cage of the ancients yes. let's talk to me about this cage matt Almost everyone in the world knows that before the rise of the gods, titans roamed the world, sowing chaos across the lands and keeping the people of the world scattered and nomadic. Yeah, just scatter them around like chess pieces. Yeah. Just, 
I mean, you got to keep moving. Otherwise, one of these giant things may just kick its way through your settlement. Now, here is like the Greeks or whatever have you, right? You just, you're going to insert your pantheon mm-hmm. and however they were created. Insert birth of the gods here. Right. Changed all of that. And even those deities that were born as mortal enemies banded to together to destroy the Titans. But as the war raged on and days became weeks and weeks became months and even months became years, the gods, seeing the destruction they had wrought, feared themselves little better than the Titans, right? Like you're literally causing as much of a problem as you're attempting to solve. Yeah, they're wrecking shit. I'm wrecking shit. Everybody's wrecking shit. Right. This does not fix the problem. So instead, they turned their energies to laying a trap to capture and imprison the Titans forever. Just as everyone knows the stories of the Titans' imprisonment, they also know where they remain imprisoned. Far to the south on a frozen continent lies a ring of 14 volcanoes, one for each Titan. Very cool. So if I journey far enough south in the world, I'm going to come across, could be a continent, could be an island. Sure. Some kind of frozen land. This is frozen continent, but it could be anything, really. Yeah, it could be just a ring of volcanoes jutted, jutting out of the polar ocean, right? And just ice flows around it. And each one has a cage of the ancients in it. Yes. Very cool. How does one get there? By boat? That's a great start. <laughs> the trip to the cage of the ancients is perilous and long leaving the civilized lands to make their way through uncharted wilderness and across seas littered with ice to arrive at an island with frozen shores, but whose geological heat and sooted skies have created a toxic swamp that reaches to the feet of the volcanoes. So it's cold, deadly, toxic, and then there's volcanoes. Yes. That sounds awesome. So like the shores are frozen, but as you get closer, it just turns into a hot, toxic swamp. What kind of monsters and creatures would you encounter on this hot, toxic, cold swamp? I feel like you're going to have to homebrew some of this stuff. Yeah. Strange and otherworldly chemosynthetic plants and invertebrates spray poison, pollen, or grasp with paralytic tendrils, while alien animals that survive off of that kind of food stalk the landscape. Primordial creatures birthed from the primal chaos lurk within the depths of the volcanoes. This is great. So you could have some kind of tube worms mixed with furry critters mixed with, I don't know, a crinoid. Yeah. I would definitely say, go look at the Cambrian explosion, toss that in a blender, and throw it on this continent. Yes. That would be a lot of fun. I like the idea that, like, everywhere in the world, everywhere else in this world is, you know, fantasy world. Maybe greek mythological world right and then you get here and it's aliens terror (laughs) this is a great place for custom worlds custom monsters and if you haven't seen our custom monsters episode go check it out yeah what kind of rewards lie in wait for those who breach the cage of the ancients for those who break the chains forged by gods find all other bindings immaterial oh you get freedom of movement <laughs> yeah yeah so for some boon possibilities freedom of movement makes perfect sense knock makes perfect sense uh maybe since there are ancient titanic beings here you could make a warlock bargain with a titan yeah sure maybe you learn the secrets 
of bindings, right? Because you're seeing cages and spells and stuff that are wrought by gods. Maybe the DCs for your binding magic, things like imprison or hold person and all that, maybe they get harder to be resisted because you've seen the professionals do it. Wizards looking up force cage is like, I have a better force cage now. Yeah. DC goes up. Yeah. If I, if I do this sigil and this sigil instead of those two, because that's how the gods did it. I can force cage a titan, baby. Exactly. That sounds awesome. So that's the cage of the ancients. We're going to take a little turn. And finally, we have something completely different. <laughs> Tell me about Harlequin's haberdashery. I did it only because I love the alliteration. I, I figured. The door opens with the light tingle of bells and a sharp burning smell assails your nostrils. Rows of fine hats line the walls each distinct as a snowflake and all master-crafted. Several mannequins sport the latest accessories such as belts, ties, daggers, as well as one's long turn to dust. Towards the back countertop, a wizened shopkeeper wipes down a crystal display case full of swords and says, have a look and try whatever you like on, but be prepared for the cost. I like the fact that this is a very old-school, traditional haberdashery. Yeah, it's not just hats, my friend. Right. It, it actually has all the appropriate accoutrement for a gentleman. Get your fine hat, fine sword, fine boots. Yeah, belt dagger. Yeah, finery. With a belt. With a belt. There you go. <laughs> Harlequin's haberdashery was originally created by Dulo the Clever, a king's fool and secret royal spy. Ooh. After a long double life, he retired selling the fruits of his adventures under the guise of a simple haberdasher. Yeah. Opened yeah. up a shop. Most adventurers become barkeeps, we know. Right. But he became a haberdasher. I mean, that does make sense. They're going to have a bunch of things just kind of laying around extra. And also, this guy was a harlequin. He's got to have a thing for hats. You got to know about a good hat. Right. It's got bells on it. Exactly. So if you've got a hat with bells, you got to know something about hattery. And if you're a spy... You got to know about... Really good duds. Well, not just that, but I was also going to say, like, you take the clappers out of the bells, so you're wearing a hat with bells, but the bells don't make noise. There you go. Over time, the store took on a life of its own, with each subsequent owner adding to the personality of the store. The store started to develop quirks. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's psychically leaching out the person. I mean, not like taking it from them, but taking on the quirks. It's a magical location. Yeah. yeah. Now the store runs itself, the shopkeeper, an amalgam of the previous owner's personalities in the form of an animated mannequin. Okay, so basically it, it's decided to coalesce these personalities onto a mannequin. Yeah, all the people that own the shop now has become a mannequin. And now the shop owns itself. That's right. Nice. How do you get to Harlequin's haberdashery? The only way to get to Harlequin's haberdashery is through someone who has previously been there. Interested parties must ferret out a visitor and convince them to give the location, which changes periodically. Right, so it moves around. It moves around a little bit, right? Curiously, the store is always in a location the party needs to be, but not necessarily where they want to be. <laughs> Moving at the speed of plot. Sure. <laughs> what kind of encounters? I mean, I feel like you're going to meet the, the mannequin, but sure. what, is there anything else you're going to encounter in the store? Aside from the shopkeeper... Players must contend with the price of whatever object they wish to purchase. So there is a price, a cost. I like the capital P on this for those of you who can't see it here. It is a capital P. All of the objects within Harlequin's haberdashery are magical, and any magical item the DM wishes can be found there. So reach into the DMG or whatnot. Right. There's a magical item here. However, 
Payment is not with gold or silver, but rather the coin Dulo the Clever once favored, information. Nice. Players can pay with information from their minds, be it their first kiss, the name of their father, or the secret password to the royal vault. Sure. The price factored should be sufficiently detrimental to the players according to the value of the object received. So if they're going to get something fancy, they're going to lose a lot of information. Right. And they should play it properly. So this is definitely a I get a magic item for storytelling aspect type pr- price to it. Right. Alternatively, if the players can negotiate with the shopkeeper, roll a check, they may instead pick up a derangement instead of losing precious memories, although this could be potentially a far steeper price. Sure. <laughs> and I like the fact that he's not trading this information in a, I know something and now we both know something. It's you lose the information from your mind, from your mind. Now you can also buy information, which we'll get to in rewards. But yeah, if you want a magic item, the price should be something out of your head or I stick a derangement into your head. Sure. So if you want to go crazy, it might be kind of fun. You might get that magic item. You need that belt of giant strength. Sometimes being a little nutty, mad as a hatter, perhaps. Yeah, that's what you need is something that sets you into a rage. That's that's the derangement you got for your belt of giant strength. Oh, God, you're just raging all the time. Why not? You, you hate the color red. Every time. As you burst through other people. Get it all over you. It just makes you even matter. It's true. I wasn't even thinking about the blood. Oh, that's great. Tell us about the rewards from this place. Aside from the magic items, players can also receive valuable information as well with a sufficient check. Again, talk to the shopkeeper, right? Sure. This requires a similar price information for information, but usually not nearly as steep as purchasing a magic item. So if you roll particularly high with the shopkeeper, maybe you can just say, here's some information I have, and it doesn't get ripped out of your mind. Right. The PCs will find that the haberdashery knows a great deal about many subjects, particularly local history and politics. So treat anything on those subjects as a natural 20 for all general inquiries. Nice. It just rolls a 20. Yeah. So anything that you could get from a general 20 on a dice, you can get out of this haberdashery. That's really cool. Yeah. So good for plot, good for story. You want to give your characters some uh, some magical items for free? Of course you can. Of course there's a price. They might go crazy or they might lose memories out of their skull. You know what I would do? I would, as a character, I would devote learning all of the newest fashion from our, as many places as I could. To give to the haberdashery. To give to the haberdashery. Because then it's lost and you don't care about it. Exactly. But it obviously cares about it because they've got new styles in the shop. That's a great idea. So there you have it. Eight magical locations for you to interject into your campaign to provide a little bit of story, a little bit of fun, lore, maybe even some amusement. Yeah, it could even be a whole campaign if you wanted to draw any one of these out. Any of these could be an excellent side quest or starting campaign. Absolutely. Any questions or comments, hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter or Mastodon or the various social media channels, pretty much all of them. Yeah, you can also comment down below. On YouTube as well. Did you enjoy this podcast? We've got a whole haberdashery full of more. Subscribe to it on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. You can also do us a favor and click the five stars and give us a review on iTunes and Podchaser. On YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button. It helps get our show in front of more people. 
and it feeds the hungry algorithm. Which is currently approaching you with a tape measure and the smell of mercury about its brow, saying, let me fit you for a nice hat. Sure. Certainly the algorithm is mad as a hatter. That is fully accurate. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. The Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. Show song by the Mighty D20. What a wonderful guy. This is a subterranean production. The end.